Hello, everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the H and House Podcast, and we have stepped our shit up today. We have a professional team, and we told you that we are taking this up a notch. So I'm so excited because we're back, and we're going to be talking about something that's really, really important, which is shifting the mindset from pivoting to an evolution. Last week, we hosted a roundtable workshop at the studio. It was incredible. We had close to 20 founders travel from across the country to this Hudson studio. We had a great day, a lot of great speakers, and the whole theme was looking within to look forward. So as founders, right, we're constantly making shifts and pivots, getting back into alignment. And one of the pieces of information that I really took away from this event, which was we need to stop talking about our pivots as a pivot and as an evolution, And many of the founders that were there were talking about shifting, you know, their businesses, or maybe they were letting go of certain businesses, or they were investing in new businesses. So I want to talk about how we can shift our mindset from doing that, and also how you can strategically prepare yourself if you are going through your next evolution. Because I think as founders, it's really, really interesting because we are constantly going through refinement and growth, and we're never staying in the same place. I mean, I look at our brands when we first started, and I was a one-woman show, you know, doing the done-for-you work, which was now HN Consulting. We built this multiple seven-figure company in such a small amount of time, and that required constant pivots or evolution. So I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about how evolution really helps your plan. So one of the things that we were talking about when it comes to making these shifts and starting Starting to really plan out your next evolution of your company is starting to build the runway time. So one of the speakers that was there was talking about how, you know, she realized in her agency that something was off. She loved the clients that she was working with. She had built an incredible company, pushing seven figures a year, full-time employees, like the whole nine. She checked off all the check boxes, but something was wrong. And she realized it was actually the line of work in which she was doing was the reason why she needed to shift. So on a Friday night, she built the plan to shift her business. She built the runway time. And by Sunday, she had it completed and she figured out this is what we're doing. And so that next week, once she settled on that, she let her team in and let them know like what the plan was. So they weren't, you know, startled or nervous when they were making this transition. And in fact, they were actually really, really excited. So the first thing I want to say is that you need to build a runway time. And this has happened to me several times in our journey. I talked about about a year and a half, almost two years ago, we had a full-time agency for PR and we had four full-time team members. And I quickly realized I built a prison for myself and I was constantly working all the time. The money was amazing. We hit these massive milestones. I've never made so much money in my life. But I realized that I was so unhappy with the work that we were doing. So at that point, we had four full-time team members, benefits that we're paying, and we had to build the runway. So we cut our roster in half and we built a runway time to really build up HN House and start to offset some of those costs. And that was our runway time. So I just encourage you to build that out. And this also comes with looking at your finances, which is really, really important and something that I know at least for a lot of women can be a tough subject, right? Looking at the finances of our company and not leaving this just in the hands of our financial teams, bookkeeper, and so on. 
So looking at number one, how much in cash reserves do you have? This was another thing that came up was looking at your business financially and seeing like, what can you withstand while you're making these transitions in your business? And then the most important piece that came out of this, which was make the actual decision. A lot of times I see founders and we've worked with over 500 people from across the world. The number one thing is making the decision, but also running with it in an efficient time. Because I don't know about you, but it's so easy to let the perfectionism come into play. And then you sit in this indecision or you have this great offer that you want to bring to life, but you're sitting with this indecision of, oh, this has to be perfect before I bring it to life. And I know I have fallen victim of this in the beginning. And not to say that you need to be perfect with every offer that you bring to life or every move that you bring to life, but you do need to make the decision and you have to make it really, really fast, right? And that's when the things start to shift. But what happens a lot of time is that when founders are going through this, you know, instead of pivot evolution, scarcity comes into mind. We're so comfortable with the way that things have been running that there's this thought and question of like, oh, well, what if I let go of this? What's going to happen? Am I not going to make money? Am I going to sacrifice the success because of my thoughts and feelings? And that's a real thing. I am going through this currently with our businesses right now as we expand and with expansion comes simplifying. And of course, simplifying things down can be scary especially when that's all people know you for, right? So I think the biggest thing is just making the decision, knowing it and trusting it and also honoring it. And then lastly, like bring your team and bring your community into the conversation. This is why Agent House, we are a community-based platform, meaning we have masterminds and we bring in a collective of women. So you're actually not doing this alone. You're with other high-powered founders who are doing this right next to you. And I think that's... One of the biggest things that has helped me during the many, many evolutions that we've had, which was leaning into the community around you, lean into your team, lean into your community, lean into the other people, you know, other peers, right? Because you have to see the vision first, not your team, not your clients, not your friends, not your spouse. You have to see the vision first. And that is truly part of your job description as a founder and as a CEO, And this is something that's really, really important because, and we're going to talk about this in later episodes on the podcast, but I see so many founders that have built jobs for themselves and they can't get away from their businesses because they've built themselves a job. And this is something we'll talk about later, but this is a really, really important thing is to make sure that you bring your team in and your peers in for the journey because it's lonely. It is really lonely and making big shifts requires a lot of strength, a lot of courage and a lot of resiliency because you are trusting and having faith that what you put out is going to come to reality, which it will. So if you're in the process of starting the pivot or starting the evolution, I mean, this is where I encourage you to also, like I said, think about your finances, having a hard look at your cash flow and profitability, looking at, and this is something that I actually make clients do. So when you come into Asian House and you're working in any of our masterminds that you have, I make it a requirement that you fill out this revenue tracker that I have. And of course, I'm not a CPA, bookkeeper, you know, tax strategist by any means. We work alongside 
identified them, but I really work to harness a skill set and, and support these founders with developing that skill set, which is knowing the numbers. Because a lot of the times I see founders give up that control too quickly and they have no idea where their money is going from. And they don't even realize that their companies are bleeding money because they haven't looked, you know, at their QuickBooks or their HoneyBook. So the first thing is just getting clear on your cash flow, your profitability, taking a look at your numbers and your client base. You know, if you work on retainer, taking a look at when those retainers end, if you're on package based, right, how many leads are coming in? So starting to track, you know, these statistics in your business is a big, big piece as you're first starting. And then getting very clear on what you're actually building before you can go and hire, you know, a business advisor or a coach or a consultant or any type of agency, you have to be clear first as to what you need and what you desire and what you're building. And if you're clear on what you're building, it's going to be clear on what support you actually need. And when you hire that support, whether it's a business advisor like me or it's someone else or XYZ, they can really really understand and help you build out a solid roadmap and a plan. And it really starts with you understanding first of what you truly desire. And then you can figure out what type of support you need. I always tell people, if you are in the stages where maybe your community and network, which to be honest, are the most important things in my opinion, your community network, I would recommend joining a mastermind of some case, right? If you need more individualized support, maybe you can find one that has one-to-one support. Or if you need something like very specialized, maybe hiring a specialist in that area and that's all they do. But it starts with you just getting very clear and first of what are you doing here and what's your intention. I think the biggest thing or biggest mistake that I see founders make is they will make very rash decisions based on emotion. And this is a big one, which is, you know, as a founder, you know, you have to learn how to detach your emotion from the work that you're doing, which can be really hard, especially if you're a small business owner, right? This is your lifeline. This is what puts food on the table. This is what supports your family and your team's families as well. So it's very easy to think of, you know, your business decisions as, oh, this is my baby. And one of the biggest mindset shifts that happened for me, especially, you know, we scaled our companies very quickly and something I'm very grateful for, but my mindset almost didn't catch up with how fast the growth was happening at the same time. So I actually stopped calling our business a small business and I called it a company. And that one small word change really helped to change the perspective that I was running a company. I have team members, I have full-time team team and the staff as well. But that's the biggest piece I would say is making decisions based off of your emotions. The second thing I will say is also burning things to the ground too quickly. I see founders move almost too fast where they say, you know what? I don't like doing this anymore. I don't like the types of clients I'm working with or XYZ. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to stop offering this. I'm going to do this. And then you just ripped off this band-aid of, you know, money that's coming in. And now, you know, you just cut yourself short. So I always tell people, unless you have, if you're making, let's just say 10,000 a month in your business or 50,000 a month in your business, unless you have three months of cash reserve set aside for you where you could depend 
depend on that as you make that decision, I wouldn't make that decision. And that's something that I see, I've seen founders make before and it's put themselves in really tough situations. So you want to move quickly and swiftly, but you also want to make sure that you're moving in a very grounded and very intentional space and not out of scarcity or out of emotion. We're not just looking at the next six months or 12 months. Yes, that might be the work that we're doing, you know, day to day on our calls and in between and, you know, when we're working with clients, but we first start off with what the long-term intention is and the long-term vision. It's a question on every single questionnaire form that we have. And it's something that I actually have clients like visually describe to me. So where are you living? What are you doing? And it's so interesting to see like what starts to come up with founders when they tell me, oh, you know, I actually had, you know, thoughts of, you know, my partner and I were, we were going to travel and we're going to live in different places, or maybe it's, I want to buy a farm or a vineyard, or I want to invest in real estate. And you start to get these like really cool ideas start to come up. So we start off with the long-term vision first. And then from there, once you're getting clear on your North Star, and this is something that's really, really important for me. And if you're listening to this, future visualization has been one of the best tools I've used in my toolkit to help. And I hate to use this word, but like quantum leap, but it truly was quantum leaping with future visualization. If you can understand your mind and you can understand the subconscious, you can literally create anything anything. So that's first and foremost. And then after that, once you get clear on, okay, this is where we want to go. This is who I'm now helping, right? So taking it back down to the the micro, where are we now? Getting very clear on, okay, like what service or offering or product do I have to bring to the world? And then also who am I serving? I see a lot of founders, they get so tripped up with being a product-focused brand. You need to be a people-focused brand. So focusing on who are we serving at the end of the day and getting very clear, not just on, you know, the demographics of where they live and their age, but understanding like why they're buying, understanding, you know, what their pain points are, right? And that really does help deliver and create really strong offers and products. And that's what builds, you know, really powerful brands. So So getting very clear on that, delivering a best-in-class service, this is another thing we talk about. A lot of the industry teaches volume and growing at a rapid pace. And we always say it's better to focus on your client experience because that's what's going to bring you more money down the line. So maybe instead of going for volume right away, you're focusing on delivering a best-in-class experience. So you're getting all the referrals, all the retention, which increases sales, right? So we look at A, your brand. We look at the way you deliver that brand through your marketing message. And then we look at your PR, which is that third-party credibility that helps to really amplify all the work that you're doing. And if you do that, rinse and repeat, and you work on those things time and time again, you're going to inch your way closer to that vision. I look at the business as a vehicle. It's like your car. And that's what helps you get to the North Star. But it starts with the North Star first. And I would say when it comes to really defining who you want to work with, I think a lot of the times founders put themselves in boxes and they think that, you know, just because their their friend or their peer or, you know, their coach or advisor said, you need to do it this way, that you have to do it this way. And I just want to encourage all of you that you are in the driver's seat of this business. No one is running this business besides you. So at the end of the day, you have to decide. And I think the biggest thing is that you don't have to do things in, you know, a normal way. If, if 
you have, say, a family and your time is restricted, you might not want to have services that include giving all of your time and, you know, maybe including in-person time or whatever it is, right? You might need to be a little more conscious that, hey, I know that my bandwidth, I have 10 hours a week to meet with clients. Okay, great. So you might want to work on a more scalable offer that's not going to include just one-to-one meeting time with clients. So I think getting very clear, number one, on who you want to work with, the values that they have. That's a big, big piece as well. And this is something that as a founder, if you're in the newer stages or even, you know, you've you know, made sales in your business, you constantly have to learn. <laughs> We've gotten to a point now where... I will just turn down business. If you're not a good fit, if we don't jive together, I will gladly tell you no, or I will gladly refer you to someone that would be a good fit. And that's just a hard lesson that you have to learn in business because I was there. I I mean, I took on the beginning clients that I knew was a red flag, but I took it on anyway because cash flow and, you know, we had team, we had expenses and I've always learned the hard way. But as you grow your business, you'll learn to say no to clients that just really are not a good fit. But it really starts with what are the values that they have? Do you share similar values with them? And also just getting very clear, like I said, on what type of containers work well. I'm really into energy and human design and the Enneagram and all the things. So if you're into human design and if you don't even know what human design is, do a quick Google search. It's fascinating. So I know for me as a manifesting generator, I work really well in like deep and intimate environments. So like one-to-one, like I want to know you. I don't like the surface level shit versus I have some friends where they're projectors and they work so well with one-to-many models. They can speak to thousands of people and impact thousands of people. That's not my model. So it's really getting clear on what type of model works best for you and really honoring that and not trying to put yourself in a box because so-and-so recommended that you should do X, Y, Z. So I really encourage all of you that are listening here today to let's shift the mindset from pivot to evolution. Pivoting feels like this hard, you know, very rash thing that we do. And it means that we are giving up something else. And when it comes to an evolution, right, we're expanding, we're growing. So I encourage you to shift from pivot to evolution. And I want to know your thoughts on this. So if you're listening to this, share on the stories, connect with me. I'd love to know what you're working on and how we can support you. And thanks for being here for another episode. Mm-hmm.